So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Welcome, everybody, to this Thursday edition of Everyday Connection. I'm Rico Shields, and you're not. Oh, wait. I'm Rico Shields, and I have here with me Jean Victoria Nolak. <laughs> How are you, Jean? That was my Saturday Night Live attempt. They used to say that. I'm Chevy Chase, and you're not. <clears throat> oh, wow. I don't think I've ever heard that on Saturday Night Live. Mind you, I didn't watch a lot of it. But to answer your question, I'm doing great. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, that was Chevy Chase's intro thing. He, I'm Chevy Chase, and you're not. No. Oh. Uh, you're stealing from the greats now. Right? Yes, profound, uh, profound truth. Also, you know, in that because I was not Chevy Chase. So there. This is true. This is very true. So we have an exciting show, international show. It's actually, you know, the the Friday edition. Some places, but. Uh, uh, and, and this time, not just for our listeners, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that after we talk about uh, magazines. Magazines? Magazines, um, radio shows. Magazines, radio shows. Support poetry, systems. books, publishing, advertising, promotion. Stuff. Yeah, soon we're going to have to make a list of what they don't do. It'll be shorter. Probably. So how about we just say shout out to Inner Child? Inner Child, <laughs> our friends and family over at Inner Child. You can find them in so many different places. Um, Just Google Inner Child. Yeah. Innerchildpress.com. Uh, innerchildmagazine.com. Innerchildning.com. Wow. Inner Child on Facebook. Fantastic folks. Um, they really have tra- treated us and everyone I've ever seen them introduced to like family. And uh, we're having this uh, new magazine with uh, Jane's column and my column and whole bunch of other talented people's columns. Extraordinarily talented people's columns that mm-hmm. will, you know, outclass my writing, but I'll, <laughs> I'll outclass their tech. <laughs> I'm going to be writing the tech guy. Uh, see if we can't turn uh, tech that will be fun for the inner child. Yeah, it really is quite the um, quite the collaboration that they've got going on over there. And it's, it's a multimedia magazine, which is even cooler because oh. there's going to be video and audio and and, oh, it's just fun. It's just much fun, yeah. Just can't get that in your print magazine is the newsstand. No, yeah. no, you certainly can't. <laughs> you certainly can't. So we'll also give a shout-out to our listeners um, and our family, um, you know, our regulars, and uh, anybody new out there. Absolutely. You know we love you. I'm staggering in. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
So I suppose, without further ado, we should uh, introduce our guest. This is one of the feature, uh, going to be one of the features in uh, our movie, Change Makers, The Revolution Solution. Absolutely. So, He'll be this, representing the education. This young man is a uh, change maker, to be certain. And uh, his name is R.C. Mallory, and he's joining us live from the Philippines. How are you, R.C.? Hi, I'm fine. Doing great. Good morning. Fantastic. Good morning. Good evening. Good morning. Good morning from Philippines. Yeah. Now that we're turning into such a global global society, we're going to have to maybe get away from some of that stuff or all work on one time zone or something. I don't know how we're going to do that. But uh, uh, it is indeed uh, Thursday evening here and a Friday morning in the Philippines. So Yeah, it's a sunny Friday morning. Oh, boo boo. See there, we have a good authority that Friday's going to be a good day already. It is. We don't care about the groundhog or any of that. <laughs> yeah. They say he saw his shadow today. Today's Groundhog Day here in the United States, and I guess. In Canada. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, they say he saw his shadow, which means six more weeks of winter. And uh, I don't know, and here in Houston, that wouldn't mean much because. It seems like spring here. The trees are blooming. The mosquitoes are back. Uh, it's uh, in the 20s, I guess, would be the Celsius thing to say. Uh, yeah, it's, um, it's, been, it's been hovering between minus 5 and plus 5 here. In, in Canada? Oh, in, in, in Montreal. And in our, Montreal. You, yeah, you've seen our winters. <laughs> yeah, so negative 38. Really, <laughs> this, is, this is really quite unusual. Um, Got to say, we've gotten a little bit of snow, but every time we get a little bit of an accumulation of snow, it melts again. So I don't know what that's all about, but if we only got six more weeks of it, I suppose I can suffer through it. Yeah, yeah, I suppose we'll make it. But but the days will and are getting longer, so more sunshine, more brightness, and uh, it always helps more me. Happy. I, yeah, I, I like more happy. We I like I'm, more happy. I think I must be happy and positive days. <laughs> like Superman, wasn't that his thing? He got his superpowers from our yellowy orange sun or something. Yeah, maybe that's my deal. I need you know, no sun <laughs> for too long and, and um, not any fun anymore. Mm-hmm. No sun, no fun. Mm-hmm. So I guess we have to get to our first question of the evening. Yeah, sure. Which is um. Who on earth are you, and what do you do? Pardon? What's the first question? I'm sorry. Who on earth are you, and what do you do? Okay, um, let me introduce myself. My name is Arsi Maliari, and I am the uh, founder of one of the non-profit organizations here in the Philippines called Silidaralan. So Silidaralan is a Tagalog or native language word, which means classroom. And what we are doing, so that's another one, and... uh, also, I'm heading uh, an advocacy called Iwastology, which means um, Iwasto is a Tagalog word. So the Iwastology is a word that I coined. Um, so Iwasto is a Tagalog word, which means to make it right. Waste is garbage and logic is a study. So we create, I created a, a manual, a curriculum on how to make garbage right. And uh, so many things, social enterprises, kids' entrepreneurship. And uh, basically, kids empowerment—that's that's the possibilities that I really am creating. 
um, I want to educate and empower not just the youth but the whole world. So that's my greatest dream. Well, that's a pretty valid dream, I would say. <laughs> we certainly talk. We certainly talk about youth empowerment around here every time we get the opportunity. Yep, we do. So, because I I know um, I know a lot about your backstory fairly intimately. Um, for anybody out there who's read my third book, um, RC is represented in the third book at the back of the book as one of those shining examples of how to not give up <laughs> and be uh, <laughs> be be uh, positive influence yeah. on others through your actions. Um, can you? Because your your backstory is so insanely crazy. Can you mm-hmm. share with us? I know you've told me, but I'd love for you to share with our listeners about. Mm-hmm. Um, the story, and you're going to have to explain to them what Smoky Mountain is and all of that oh, stuff. Okay. I'd love for you to sh- share your story on how you got involved with educating underprivileged youth. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, I, after I graduated from university, um, I decided to live in one of the garbage dump sites here in the Philippines. So when I say dump site, it is really a mountain of garbage. It's like Montreal filled with garbage. So it's really a huge, huge, huge mountain of garbage. And uh, I decided to live in that site. It is called Payatas. And that was in 2001, 2002, after I graduated from university. And, um, well, at first, my uh, intention is really to create development projects for the community. But later on, uh, one night in uh, one of my um, community time. I decided to um, invite the youth to uh, to just chat with me every 6 p.m. And then on that day, uh, I asked one child, one youth. He's a 15-year-old boy. His name is, well, let's say his name is Soms. And he's in grade 9. And I was really surprised because uh, he had difficulty reading the English manuscript that I had. And more so understanding it, I, I was surprised because 80% of our subjects here in the Philippines from grade 1 to grade 10 are in English. So we uh, learn science in English, we learn math, even physical education, music and arts, except for two subjects, which is our native language, Tagalog, Filipino, and our history. But the rest, all the subjects are done in English. So I was really surprised how come that this grade 9 student uh, made it to grade 9 without really such comprehension in English. And so I asked some of the youths who were there and uh, who were listening if they understood what he has said. And uh, they said they even uh, don't know what uh, Jones uh, had read, so I was really surprised because most of them are in grade 10. And uh, because of that, um, on that same night, I was I had really a difficult time sleeping because I can't really imagine grade 9, grade 10 students, not even a grade 8 student, can be on that level without having that comprehension in English because it's really important for us, though English is our second language, but the ironic thing is that 80% of our subjects are in English. So I have to 
go to the school and talk to the principal. So a day after that, I went to the principal of that high school, and I asked her. Her name was uh, Mrs. Ramos. I'm, yeah. And then I asked her, Mrs. Ramos, um, why is that uh, there are so many youth who are in grade 9 and grade 10 who had still difficulties in reading English? And he, uh, she said that, R.C., because you are not in their same level in terms of poverty, um, you don't know their, what where they're standing at. And uh, I will just tell you three things. And these three things are still, well, up until now, I can still remember it. Uh, number one, she said, um, because they are poor, one of the great things that you can do to make them happy is just give them the diploma that they need. And she said, anyway, uh, they will not pursue it to college. After high school, they'll just be scavengers forever. And then second is, um, she said, at the time when I was there, there were 70 to 100 students in a 30 square meter cla uh, classroom. So it's re literally full packed. And uh, there's no, some of the uh, classrooms has no proper ventilations, no electric fans and whatsoever, no electricity. And uh, she said, if we will base our grades based on the principles and their true learning, then what will happen to us next year? There will be, might be 150 to 200 students in the same classroom. And that's, you know, terrifying and horrible for us teachers. And the third reason is that um, she said that part of the grading system of the teachers is that how many students they pass and how many students they fail. So it reflects to the efficiency and effectivity of a teacher. So if you are a teacher, having this um, um, decent salary so and you're grading yourself for, for promotion, what will you do? And true enough, after our, my conversation with the principal, um, before I uh, leave the, the gate of the, the high school, I saw my, uh, uh, well, I, my classmate in, in high school, and now she's a teacher in math in that same school. And she said, Arcee, that is true because on my first year here in the school, there were several students that I failed, not because of personal reason, but because they can't add, subtract, multiply, and divide, the basic oper operation of, of mathematics. And they are in first year and second year high school, which means grade seven and eight. So what will I do? So I just, I, I failed them. But then um, the, the principal and the uh, Department of Education called her attention and said, and gave, you know, let her choose. Uh, if, if she will pass the, the, uh, the students, then it will be a positive thing for her grade. And if not, then it might affect uh, her promotion. So what happened from being ideal she became, well, she said practical. So she just passed all the students and then just gave them uh, special uh, projects like painting the walls, murals, beautifying the classes, the, the school, bringing some school supplies and so on. And uh, that day was really, uh, that shocked me and uh, really uh, trembled my, my, uh, my being. And uh, so I was really thinking of how can I be in contribution with with the community because I cannot really withstand and really seeing my future 
at that time when I was 21 years old, seeing that future that you know this this country will be full of 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 ignorance of uneducated people, human beings, and uh, I believe that if that will you know happen, then this country will be disempowered, and true enough, we will really fail as a nation. So um, what ha? So what I did, I um, after a long, long uh, reflection, I called my classmates and friends, and then I told them about the story of jumps, just like what I told you. And then uh, they said, okay, we want to volunteer. So they volunteered every Saturday because at the time I was living, I was living there. I, I lived in the dump site for three years, and uh, it's you know, breathing the the air, the smoke eating the food, the scrap food and everything. And uh, they said, okay, we will uh, go to your uh, to your house and we will have a tutorial session. We will teach, you know, the youth and uh, really train them. So every Saturday, um, they come to my house and then we teach the uh, all the youth. And, uh, but before we, uh, before we conduct the tutorial, what we did, we created a diagnostic exam. And the diagnostic exam that we created is for grade school, meaning for grade six and down. But we chose randomly students from grade nine and 10. And you know what happened was that after one hour of examination, nobody got 50% of the, uh, the test, not even 25%. So the highest that they got was 21%. And imagine a grade nine and 10 students who took a grade six examination, failed not even half or a quarter of it. So so this really uh, moved us, all of us, me and my friends, it moved us to a higher level to really be sincere and commit ourselves to plan out and help this youth. And that's what we did. So we created our tutorial sessions, we profiled the kids, and well, one more thing, I remember this youth named Roma that up until now, she inspires me a lot because when I was profiling her, I asked Romanika, Roma, uh, Roma, uh, do you want to go to college? And she said, yes. And then, what's your dream? She said, my dream is to become a domestic helper. Well, I'm not, you know, I'm not against domestic helper. In fact, I, um, I think that I believe that's a dignified uh, work. But the thing is, coming from a 14-year-old girl that I assume has this big dream bigger than herself will will really be complacent and you know dream to become a domestic helper and then I asked her why are you dreaming to become a domestic helper and she said because for years and years even my forefathers we were scavengers and the only thing to escape from this dump site is to become a domestic helper live in somebody's house and uh eat the food that they eat. So that's, you know, a sad moment, one of the saddest moments in my life, but it really inspired and moved me. And so, yeah, so while my uh, classmates and friends were teaching the, 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 the kids, I was looking for sponsors and we got sponsors. And then we sent, the thing is we sent 19 students in college. And the best thing is that after three years, when I left Payatas, the dump site, they called me, Roma called me, and she said, it's their graduation. I went to their graduation, and you know what? 
Roma, Roma, the one who dreamt to be a housemate, got a medal and recognition. She was awarded with, with, with uh, <coughs> so many recognitions. And on that same day, she was hired by Caterpillar. And that changed the whole community. I can imagine it would. Um, now, this is going to be... Let me... Um, <coughs> if, if you'll allow me there, Jean, let me rewind a little bit and ask yeah. a couple of questions to maybe clarify for our listeners. Um, <clears throat> so you had completed college when yes. you went to live uh, at the dump site. And with, keep in mind, people, this is a garbage dump, a working garbage dump. It it's is a mountain. dumped with garbage. And you didn't just go there because you had a wild idea. There were already quite a number of people living there. Is that, that thousands correct? Thousands of people. Thousands, yes, thousands of, people of people that live. In fact, uh, Rick, if I may say so, yes? uh, in 2000, July of 2000, there was a garbage aval avalanche, trash slide, that buried 100 families. Buried a hundred families. Yeah. So I just want to be sure that our listeners understand that there are thousands of people that live in and essentially live from this garbage dump. They they pick things out of there maybe and sell them to get a little money. They eat food that they find in there that seems palatable. And if if I can expand on that a little bit, please. Um more open now as far as people knowing what Smoky Mountain is but when I went to the Philippines even in 2009 I did my research but I had absolutely no idea about the size and the breadth of the poverty problem in that country because this is, this is actively suppressed yeah. It was not open information at the time. It is not as much suppressed anymore because the people are using communication methods and people are like like Arcee are actively working to improve these problems. But not so many years ago, this information was repressed. So there's a lot of people out there who still to this day, including, and this I have to stress, on such a huge level, the Filipino community in Canada and in the United States, the second generation that are born in Canada and in the United States, the young ones, have no idea this is going on in their homeland. And I know that because I've spoken to them and they're shocked when I told them and showed them pictures it's one of those and things, film footage. One of those they things. were in shock. Governments yeah. hope they can have be out of sight, out of mind. If we don't talk about it, it'll just kind of go away. And that doesn't happen with humans. They <laughs> keep on breathing and getting up every morning. Um, some people would wonder how they could uh, living in a dump, mm -hmm. but they get up and... You and can't suppress the Filipino spirit. Frankly, they probably have a, an extraordinarily strong sense of community that some of us could take some lessons from, but... Yeah. I wanted I wanted to make very clear to people that 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 you know this was not a college you know psychology student that had some wild idea I wonder if I could live in a garbage yeah. dump you know because we hear about that sort of thing in the U.S. they put that on the they'll put that on the TV somebody's crazy but 
Somebody yeah, but we're goes, not even talking about the slums that you see in Canada and the United States. Whatever you've seen in Canada and the United States, you have to mag- magnify and multiply that by, by 100. Our slums would be luxury living. Palaces. Yeah, by comparison. Yeah. What these people are By living comparison. In. Yeah, because it's, yeah. it's, it's we'll say it again in just that many words. These thousands of people were, and probably some still are, living inside a garbage dump yes. and at risk of being buried by garbage slides. Yes. Uh, and so. every time it rains, um, the the fumes go up into mm-hmm. the air and, and mm-hmm. it looks like it looks like the mound is smoking, which is how it got the name Smoky Mountain. But that's yeah. really toxic. Yeah. Yeah. So these are and these are children <sighs> who have very little clothing and very little food, and you yeah. see them running around this place completely naked. Mm-hmm. As children will do. Here, They'll people. just do this. Toddlers will just run around and be happy almost no matter where you put them, but doesn't mean it's good for them to run around <laughs> there. So we do, I don't want to... Barefooted. Yeah, I don't want to overly... Uh, you know, dwell on the negative, but I wanted no, to make I want absolutely it. sure that our listeners understood and, and picture it out. Yeah, yeah. I didn't just think that you know maybe I misheard that. Maybe I didn't understand. Yeah, you did understand. He said garbage dump. Um, so you know, uh, there's something interesting that he didn't mention, Rick, but I do know. Okay, that was not your first visit to the dump, was it, Mallory? No, it, that uh, was your second. Yeah. So can, That's my second. The the first one was when I was 13 years old. Can we was, talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Um, uh, the first time that I went to a garbage dump site was when I was 13 years old, when I was in grade 6 or grade 7, between that, because um, every time that my father brings me to the uh, to the school, and then I uh, I always see the, the street children, and then on... From from that age, I was wondering how come that they can live on the street. And then I saw these ch- uh, children picking up trashes from the garbage bin, opening it up, and then getting you know bread, scrap bread, and eat it. And then I, and because of my curiosity, I decided to know their life. So at the age of thirteen, I asked a, a dump truck driver, garbage dump truck driver. If I can, you know, ride on his truck, so I did, and I went. Uh, that was uh, I. I invited my friends. So two of my friends, I invited two of my friends, and we went to the top of the mountain, and that's the first time that I saw and even my friends because we were studying in a private school. So that's not really. That's a, that's our first time. We didn't know at the time that it's for real up until we get on top of the mountain at the age of 13 and saw that there's a community on top of the garbage mountain. And uh, that's the first time that I I uh, witnessed it. That's why after that, I, I asked my uh, social studies teacher if we could film it, if we could, instead of us going to, you know, beautiful places, because that's what we do every year, why not go to, you know, a community on top of the garbage mountain? Because there's a community up there. And we want to know, you know, as a student from from private school, for to know and to just to be aware that it is happening. 
But as the side point is, he didn't want it because it's for security's sake, and the parents will not allow us to. Do it. Because I didn't even, I really went there on my own with two of my friends without my parents knowing it. That's why they scolded me after. But that's a yeah. fun thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> Your parents were not happy about you doing this initially. Am I correct? Yes, you are right. Uh, in fact, after I graduated from university, because my plan is um, I took up uh, uh, political economy because it, that's a pre-law. My dream when since I was young is to become a lawyer, and uh, that's the trap that I was really journeying up until I witnessed all these things and changed my you know my my journey and. Uh, First, after I graduate, before I graduated from university, just just to give you another side, um, I created a volunteer group uh, for prison because at the time when I was studying in the university, the kids are mixed with adults in the prison. So when I say kids, they are nine years old, ten years old, eleven years old, and they're um, one day when I was. Uh, Walking on the streets, I saw this building, and then kids are mixed up, and then saw on TV. I decided to go to that prison and ask if I could help them, you know, uh, help the kids because they're mixed with adults. And then we, there's an advocacy of creating a law up until uh, the law uh, was passed. So they separated the kids, and that's the time that I went in and create volunteer group every Saturday to monitor and uh, really, you know, talk to these kids who they called before as juvenile delinquents, though right now they're calling it children in conflict with the law. And uh, that's how it started. And uh, so at that time, my parents are still supporting me because I was studying in university, and still they see me as, you know, as will become a lawyer in, in years' time. But then a year before I graduated, I, did, I, I told to my parents that I think my journey will, as a lawyer will end this year because next year I want to, you know, go to uh, a dump site. I, I want to go to, you know, to poor communities and help them rebuild their lives. And, uh, yes, you are right. They were not so supportive on that, on that dream. And uh, they didn't even support me financially after I graduated uh, because they want really they want me and they forced me to really work for uh, for my family because here Rick I, I don't know if you know but uh, culturally here if you are the eldest uh, the eldest sibling uh, the parents the family is looking forward to you in terms of financial because they're you know waiting for you to work and then there's a time for you to uh, financially help your family, uh, right. sending your siblings to school and helping, you know, providing food for your family. Absolutely. So it's really, you're right. It's a Filipino thing. It's a community effort, even within the family. So we're, we're helping each other. But uh, that changed the culture of our family because after I graduated, I went to the dump site instead of went to uh, law school. And uh, just out of curiosity, hardly, hardly I let... the biggest parents' dream uh, for their <laughs> child to graduate university and go to live in a garbage dump. Can't but, imagine. But, but yeah, out of on. curiosity, but, before I let but, Rick uh, at uh, you with the rest of his, okay. his questions, um, how proud are mom and dad of you now? 
very, very proud. In fact, when I was living in uh, the garbage uh, dump site, um, one, uh, because out of curiosity, I was not uh, at the time going to our house. So I, I'm the one washing our clothes. Oh, by the way, again, here in the Philippines, um, most of the uh, middle income to higher income families have uh, domestic helpers, so caregivers. So it's normal for us not to wash our old clothes and some somebody will wash our clothes and, you know, everything, clean our house. So at that time, I, I was the one really washing my clothes and, you know, I was not visiting our house. So out of curiosity, my, my parents went to the garbage dump site and saw the condition of the family. And they even saw me sleeping on the ground. And because of that, they bought beds and bring it to the, the garbage dump site and other things. And that engaged them. So every birthday of my dad, we celebrated in the garbage dump site because we had the same birthday. And yeah, that changed the, the whole family. And right now, they're very supportive. Very proud of That's awesome. Okay, Ricky, it's all yours. Well, no, <laughs> not all mine, but this is the case of you being the one with more knowledge about our guest than me, so uh, we don't do, we don't play that very often. It's fun. Um, so I'm going to have to ask the white elephant in the room question, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a question that the parents in the room are perhaps wondering in the back of their mind. They've got that barky voice that's going. Rawr, rawr. Uh, <laughs> whatever possessed you, man? To private schools. Domestic helper, whatever possessed you to go and see these people and do something about people in prison, you could be a lawyer. What 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 possessed you? What were I you don't thinking? know, Rick. But uh, well, what were you thinking to... about? It's okay, RC. Just... It's, it's a spiritual show, so you might as well tell the truth. Yeah, yeah. Please do. <laughs> I really, my dream is really to change the world. That's my my dream, and. Uh, um, also, uh, at the time, um, well, I was a missionary worker also. My yeah. spirituality also helped me. Yeah. And uh, because at the age of at the age of sixteen or seventeen, I got to my life was transformed in terms of spirituality and got to know you know my supreme being, and uh, that changed my outlook in life of not just looking at myself but also giving myself to others. And uh, actually, Rick, there was really a tough journey when I was in university because I was born between two two roads. Mm-hmm. You know, I love, you know, my dream is to become a lawyer since I was in grade one, since I was uh, seven years old and up until 19 years old or 20. But it changed because um, at the time when I was a teenager, I was asked to go to remote areas. Because one one adult actually uh, here in the community saw my my potential in speaking, and they, I, he asked me what's my passion, and I said my passion is speaking and traveling. That's what I want to do. That's what I love to do. I want to talk to people. I want I I look people as you know books uh, more than books because I learn a lot from them. And I said okay, I want to support you. I want to train you, and I want to send you to you know to the ends of Philippines, to the remote areas where there is no electricity, where, where poverty is on high. And I said, yes, I want to do that. So I went there within year after year and after year. And then I got to realize 
it took me out of my comfort zone. It took me out from what I used to do, you know, sleeping on, on bed. Now, when I was, you know, 18, 17, 18, I was sleeping on the table I was without electricity, without electric fan, with, you know, with all these mosquito mates I have murmuring in, in my ears. And that's, that's the thing that made me realize and uh, the, the poverty here in the Philippines because I really went to all, most of the islands here in the Philippines and I see diff- different faces of poverty but the same poverty and uh not just poverty of 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 finances but poverty of being of of attitude of how they see themselves and i cannot really i cannot see i don't know if i'm different but at the age of 19 i'm already looking at my family my children even though i don't have a girlfriend at the time even though i don't have a children at that time but but at the age of 19 i was thinking of the future i was thinking of what will happen to my kids you know, if I will let this grade nine, grade ten who doesn't, who don't know how to read and understand what they're reading, what will happen to us? Because these people will definitely lead our country, and I will not let this happen. You know, in front of my eyes, knowing and be, you know, uh, aware of that thing is happening. So I, there's something inside me that uh, that tells me to, you know, move go and do so that's yeah I, i'm just i'm just listening to my voice within i don't know if i'm i, I if others will understand me but you're making there, perfect sense and you're among uh <laughs> you're among you. very thank very you good for, you're among very good you company almost yes, almost but, every one of our guests here on everyday connection tells a similar story <laughs> and but that, that's um, the thing that i told to my parents because my parents said why are you not going to a law school? And I said uh, to my dad, Dad, um, I don't know even, but there is something inside me that tells me, you know, to go to this direction. And I just have to trust my, you know, my inner voice. And I just trust it. And the, that's why they're happy. You know what? Because after trusting me, you know, breakthroughs after breakthroughs happen. And even them can even dream realize that I'll be, you know, going to different not just provinces of the Philippines but also, you know, to different countries telling what is happening and also what we did. And uh yeah, uh, a story of transformation, a story of empowerment. Yes. And that's the the story that I really want to, you know, to, to share not just here in the Philippines but throughout the world. And uh yeah, I'm so I'm so positive. That's why I'm not no. afraid to for the future because I am doing things for the future and you know I'm I I'm a dreamer and uh, I'm always dream not just for tomorrow but really you know years and years and years and years and I'm so excited because the, the future that I'm creating is an exciting future. Very exciting. And that's why I, yeah and every day I, I wake up in the morning and you know Think uh, and really tend to myself that this day is the happiest day of my life, and yes, it's the happiest day of my life. Yes, with a thundering uh, exclamation <laughs> point there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> take take the thunder. Take, take notice, ladies and gentlemen. This is the uh, these are the leaders of tomorrow. Uh, uh, when we hear people uh, talk like this. And uh, these are the ones that are at the one. The leaders of now. Yeah, yeah, they are because 
you know, where we might have, you know, said in the 60s or uh, under other protest moments, you know, movements, look, look, look at this. Look what's wrong. But then 30 years later, it's still wrong. And and all those people that said, look, they may still be looking, but that's all they're doing. And um, and uh, so it's not looking. It's not a few articles that you'll get a pat on the back about being, you know, a wonderful person while you're at law school writing a couple of articles. You did something about it. And if all you yeah. did about it was give yourself to them, then that was what you started with. And... Um, um well yeah uh, and also Rick and uh Nikki oh <laughs> um Nikki the, uh yeah the thing is um right now what i'm also realizing is that it's not that leaders well as leaders should not really just be complacent being a leader but being a leader is creating more leaders because we really have to replicate ourselves. We really have to expand ourselves. We really have to share our energy to one another and create leaders. Not just you know being complacent and be happy that I'm a leader. But I will be satisfied if I can create more leaders under my wings that you know will be greater than I am. And yeah, that also makes me happy. Yeah, that's a huge missing ingredient. Uh huh. Are you teachers out there listening? And 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 I can leaders out somebody there. Somebody who's greater than I am. The yeah. The corporate thing that's everybody mad about here in the in the more luxurious portions of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, corporate leaders, they don't seem to do anything, and they make all the people underneath them do it for nothing. And you say, well, but the great leaders of the past, that everyone agrees is a great leader, that it, it seemed like they didn't do anything. Well, that's right, because they fostered leaders beneath them so that when it comes to the doing, all they had to do was get out of the way of their good people. And if you read their books and don't just look at the little blurb in your history text, you'll find that you know Henry Ford, all these people that you refer to as great leaders uh, of men, that that they'll tell you all you do is surround yourself with good people and 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 then pitch an idea now and again and get out of the way and yeah. that's what this that's what this is about and 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 so really it's a sense of uh, community of you know I can go be a lawyer and I can do this and I can do that what good is that mm-hmm. if what good is that if I let these people well Archie yeah and and create more lawyers. If I can be a lawyer, then I can create more lawyers. If if I pursue being a lawyer, then that's not also wrong. I'll be a lawyer. But the thing is, I'm the only lawyer. But if, but because I chose the other direction, it's not, it's not just one lawyer that will be created, but more lawyers and lawyers will be created. Right. Yeah, Arsti had said something really, um, really powerful to me that I included in the in my third book as well as wrote into a couple blogs, um, which was when he was talking about the kids. He said, you know, it's one thing to to say, you know, you can teach them to fish uh, yes. instead of giving them fish, but oh yeah, if you teach them to love fishing, yeah, yeah, then you've really because- accomplished. Yeah, a change because that's in how what, they view things. Yeah. yeah, sorry, because that's what I realized. I realized when I built Silidaralan, it's not just 
because there's a proverb that says, uh, do not just give him a fish, instead teach him how to fish. But we want to alter it by adding more one phrase before it. Do not just teach him how to fish, but instead teach him first how to love fishing. Because at the end of the day, you'll never know if you can catch a fish. But the thing is, you're still happy. Because you're not just after for the fish, but you're after for the fishing. So for learning, we are telling our kids, uh, we are not just teaching the kids how to learn, but we are teaching the kids first how to love learning. Because at the end of the day, their grades might be you know, a fail, uh, a C, a D, a E, or 75, 60, or below 50%. But that's you know there's nothing wrong about that. But the 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 that, because that's not a destination. But the thing is, are you happy studying? Because there, I also realize that there are so many youth out there cheating, uh, which is you know the uh, uh, cheating in their classes, in their examinations, which I I believe is the uh, is the uh, origin of corruption. <laughs> because if you can cheat in the examination and if that will become your habit, then eventually when you have your work and have the position in the government, then that cheating will create a bigger cheating, which is corruption. Second thing is that uh, I realize that the kids, why they're cheating, is not because they're after for the learning, but because they are pressured to create grades higher than the expectations of the community. So I, 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 we here in Cedaralan, we want to really transform that paradigm that we are not after for the grades. So don't pressure yourself for the grades and measures. We are after for the learning, the process. Because uh, I believe, because I also failed in some of my subjects when I was studying, but I don't think that matters right now. I don't think someone right, just like you both or you know, other, uh, our, our listeners who are listening right now can say that I failed in one of my subjects or two of my subjects. Nobody knows it up until now that I said it. But the thing is, does it matter? Not anymore. But that's just a number. And uh, what really matters is your learning when you got that. And that's also what we really want to share to the students and the system. You know, the beingness that we want them to have is that being, you know, being passionate uh, for learning. So that no matter... You know, how many times you fail, it doesn't really matter. What really matters is, you know, you stand up. Uh, yeah, it, so there's either we're up or getting up. It, it, just, it, it completely changes the dynamics of education in such a positive way. And I'm telling you, you know what? Four years, three years oh. after I went to the Philippines for the first time, and I am mm-hmm. still telling people how much Western society could learn from the Filipino people. And I'm not ashamed to say it still to this day because, you know, it's ideas like that and the education that the children's home is giving their kids that, you know, I tried, wanted to do the film on. And the, the thinking is so out of the box. You're totally redefining what we understand education to be. And it's yeah, and there are there are voices in the wilderness like Arcee's mm-hmm. all over the planet, and uh, we want to give voices like that a platform and put our energy behind it because it is. It's sadly, I think that these are you know 
wisdom that uh, existed for a long time but has been lost. Uh, in many ways, uh, people talk about, you know, we had the Dark Ages, and yeah, we did. We had the Dark Ages, and they were very dark. Uh, and um, But we are in ways in the Dark Ages now because we've lost some of those wisdoms like, uh, you know, you don't, you don't just teach them to fish, where they mechanically go out and fish. You teach them to love fishing. You teach them to follow their passion. Uh, yeah. it, 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 it's what's wrong with cold, gigantic international corporations. The people that work there that actually are the ones that are building your car or doing the work for you uh, are not these executives. It's the people on the line. And, and, and if they're just taught to be like robotic helpers, they don't care. The thing passes them by. They get their hourly wage. It goes on down the assembly line. If that one's got a loose thing, they really don't worry about it too much. And But when somebody's passionate about education or cars or whatever it is, that's when they do the kind of work that uh, this amazing fellow uh, is doing. Uh, it, yeah. uh, uh, it reminds me of a sign that I saw in a picture in a, in, in a video, actually. Um, here within the last couple of days, uh, it was a young lady at one of these uh, uh, Occupy demonstrations, and she was carrying a sign that said, pardon the mess, we're attempting to change the world. <clears throat> and uh, and have no doubt that the work that you're doing and the work that other people are going to, that our, other people are doing because of what you're doing is changing the future of the Philippines and the world. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, shall yeah, we take a so break? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's uh, have a little play break. A song play a song. And um, then get back to when we get back, we'll talk about your wasteology. Yep, yes. Sure. Yes, because that's yeah, yeah. awesome stuff too. So, in yeah. I'm going to play Jordan's. Uh, song limitations because it's certainly what uh what this young man has done and we'll be back in about four minutes four and a half minutes stay with us folks Thank 
Folks, that was our friend Jordan Okrand. Uh You can find him at www.jordanokrend.com. Uh, so visit him and check out the music. It's really good stuff and really good lyrics. Uh, so speaking of uh, really good words, uh, we've been getting some. Um, so... What uh, what are you up to now? What's this uh, wasteology thing that's going on? Oh, wasteology is um, a program that I uh, created in Canada last year when I was studying in McGill University. And wasteology is just like I, what I said earlier. It's because the idea is uh, when I was doing the the program for environment, is that I'm looking for a word that is really there's nothing. Uh, I really want a word that is not really present. So I Google it, and then up until I first garbology, oh, there's already garbology, and then wasteology, oh, there's already wasteology. How about iwastology? Because iwasto is a Tagalog. It's a Filipino word that which means to make it right. And that's precisely what we really want to want to have, is to make garbage right. And, yeah, so that's the that's how it started, iwastology as a curriculum. So designing programs on how to make garbage right. So um, that's a project that I presented in McGill and uh, also in Living Your Legacy Conference with David Suzuki. And uh, basically it is um, kids will be, just like what happened to me when I was 13, um, will be exposed to different, you know, to reality of garbage and waste and what is happening in their localities. Not just, you know, um, because... Here in Saladaran, we first focus on you know for from small unit, which is this community, because instead of you know uh, learning about the whole Philippines or the whole world, but we really first want to master and know our own community. So the idea is for them to you know go out and look for their community, what is not working and what's working in terms of garbage, and then at the same time. Also here in in Montreal, because I was living and studying in Montreal, I asked St. George's School of Montreal, a private school in 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 Canada, if they could partner us. We're in children in Montreal will talk about their own garbage and how they deal with it, and then children here in the Philippines in the garbage sunset will talk about how they deal with the garbage and then share their ideas and thoughts and also solutions of what could be done differently. So yeah. that's that's the idea that's, of ecology. And that's here. that's fantastic but, because Iwastol yeah. Iwastol is is make it right. Yeah. And and then the, and, of course folks the logi that comes from logos just like biology is bio yeah. logos yeah, study of life. This is this mm-hmm. would literally be translated as the study of making it go right. No, we're yes, talking about right. We're but, talking about the education of the future right here, right now, cross-continental collaboration and cooperation in classrooms. It's the yeah. coolest thing I've and ever heard of. I understand something extraordinary has uh, come out of this in 
in in just a very short period of time. Um, yes. Something about water, which everybody seems concerned that we're going to be short of water. So that's a great subject. What uh, what have they come up with? Um, actually, they come up with right now. They're studying because that was last year the proposal, and right now we are already implementing it. So we have four focus on waste. Number one is solid waste, which is the dump, and then second is the um, recyclable materials. Third is the wastewater, and fourth is the composting. So we divided the group into four, and uh, for wastewater right now, I can't show it to you, but it is behind me. They created a homemade water filter, rainwater filter, that they can use because here in the Philippines, we are very rich and wealthy in rains. That's why uh, months ago, uh, islands in the Philippines, in the southern Philippines, was flooded and thousands of Filipinos were died and still missing. And um, that's a problem, the rain. But uh, one of our students in Iwistology said, well, that's also our wealth, rain, so we can reuse it. If we can catch the rain and then filter it by creating a homemade filter and then reuse it for washing our dishes, for washing the clothes, and, and so on. So right now, they, they already created that, that tool, and that's also the one that they shared in Montreal. Because every Friday later, Friday evening here, so Friday morning in Montreal, is our Skype meeting day. It's our, it's our class, it's astrology class. So we have just like this. We have a Skype meeting, so my students uh, at 9 p.m. gather together because, and then we'll just sleep over, and then 9, uh, 8 a.m. in Montreal, and then they Skype, and then they present. So that's for waste. So really transforming and really uh, seeing different perspectives and paradigm of, of such things, such as, water, uh, such as waste water, such as yeah. rainwater. Uh, that's so, a real paradigm that's shift from, from it being the biggest curse with all these floods to well, mm-hmm. but it's also our biggest wealth uh, uh, because it, it it is it will amaze some people, but there are plenty of places in the world where they get lots of rain, but it's hard to find clean drinking water. And uh, yes, uh, and what clean drinking water you have? Well, if we use it to wash the clothes and do all of this, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and now here's a way that uh, this rainwater can be filtered and be used for those things. How old are these kids? Uh, these kids are right now from nine, uh, 10 years old, 11, up to 15 years old. Okay, so 10, 10 to 15-year-old yes. kids. And Solving have e- eco-sustainable. Yes. Coming up with yes. eco-sustainable solutions. Social solutions. For the problems in their own community. Yeah, um, collaborating with and other students. With other students, uh, on, uh, the other with side students. on the other side of the world. Yeah, and, and literally uh, extreme west, at the west and the east. And you, east you together. Yeah, you almost you, you almost made it sound small when I first asked about it. You said, "Well, that was last year. This year we're implementing it." <laughs> yeah, you know, because last year was just a proposal. Last year was the idea, and wasn't it great? But wow, look, we're we're implementing it now. Let me tell you about that. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, so <laughs> not not a big deal that these ten to fifteen year olds have solved this huge global. Yeah, problem. because they're ve- they're very engaged, <laughs> and they're they're the ones who created the solution. I uh, just facilitate them, train them, and then they're the ones who you know do the solution. 
do their tools and and that's only for rainwater that's only for wastewater there are still three groups who are doing so many projects in fact tomorrow we have a workshop i don't know I, I, well i can i share it you can share uh, it I think you want to share. <laughs> please i love talking but um because the, the that's the first group the the wastewater the second is the uh, the solid waste um the solid waste group on february 14 will really shake their school because on february 14 is a valentine's day but they proposed a project to their principal that they want to change a valentine's day into a heart a heart day for the environment for the mother earth so not just you know just dating with other person but really be in love and engage with the with the environment with mother earth so what they propose in that school is that they will be creating an exhibit of of in the Valentine's Day about the environment, creating you know giving statistics and then also um, giving a contest. So we will be they gave a contest to all the students in grade nine and ten to uh, to create their own garbage monster. So what is a garbage monster? Garbage monster is really sculpturing the garbage that they personally collected. So instead of throwing the garbage, what the intention is for them to accumulate the garbage that they are uh, consuming and then put it together, sculpture, and create a wonderful robot garbage. But the thing is, they have to create uh, a story out of the, the monster. For instance, uh, what's the age of the monster? What's the power of the monster? Because they're kids, right? They love stories. And um, it will be... Uh, they will show it, showcase all the robots and monsters in February 14, so that all and in the center of the school, so that all the students will see the garbage monster is real. In fact, I, as I as I shared earlier, last 2000 it killed hundreds of families, and it's real. It's yes, real. Absolutely it's real. Not, it's not an it's not a fiction, but it's a it's a non-fiction. And uh, what we really want to do is to show to the students that if they will not properly dispose or you know consume plastics instead of bringing their own hydration bottle they're you know buying plastic uh, bottled water i'm sorry for the company who's selling it but uh, well, that will increase the garbage right pardon yeah. the mess pardon the mess we're trying to change the world <laughs> yeah shaking the world and um i told them so instead of bringing instead of buying bottled water why not you know bring your own hydration bottle or once you buy the the first plastic bottle, then keep it, and uh, and uh, this February 14 will be uh, an awareness day for them. That look at look at the plastic that you accumulated. Look at this garbage that you accumulated. Look how um, you know uh, big it is. That it, we can create garbage monster, and it will be a monument in the center of the school. So as a reminder. That if we will not be love, if this will, a garbage monster is a reminder that we are hurting our mother earth, because it's the garbage. The real thing is that the garbage is not diminishing; it's increasing. The only way that we can solve it is to not to hasten up its increase, but to decrement the increase of the garbage, because every day there's always a garbage. But if we are aware of it, the accumulation of it will increase uh, will decrease, yeah. and that's our purpose. So it will be put at the center of the uh, the school as an exhibit, 
And also, it's a fundraising that every day. So there's, uh, they put it as a contest. So there's a judge's choice and also student's choice. Because they will, once you get into the exhibit, you will pay one peso. So one peso, that's so cheap. And for you to get the stuff, and then you can, you know, uh, select, choose the, the garbage monster that is real for you. And then the fund that they'll get from that will go will be used to create another exhibit to another school and up until they reach all the schools. So that's the, the solid waste thing. That's their uh their Valentine, their their I love you uh yeah. card to Mother Earth. <laughs> yes. Awesome kids, so, awesome kids, eh? They wanna they wanna I, give an Valentine to Mother Earth instead of and they don't yeah, mean and that's a paper. that's change makers. Yeah, change that's makers. change makers. Change, you better believe changing, it. Changing Valentine's Day. Who who in this earth will think of, you know, celebrating your Valentine's Day with that kind of event? I'm we don't know. But they, the they, kids. Yeah. You, I'm in awe. The kids. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, we just have to let them, you know, we just have to create that that the venue for them to unleash their potential, to unleash their creativity and their greatness. Because they have really, you know, they're very great and they can think enormously. Uh, more than what we can imagine for them. And that's the second group. The third group is the recycling team. So the recycling team right now, so right now we're doing uh, a project called Notebook Exchange because for four years, Silida Ranan has been collecting uh, old notebooks from private schools. So every year, because um, because I came from private school, right? So yeah. in the private school, sometimes you don't, uh, finish all the the all the pages of our notebooks, and then after that year, we just throw it because we want a new one for a, a new school year. So a new notebook for a new school year, and there are still uh, 50 pages, 20 pages left in one notebook, and we have 10 notebooks in a year. So that's a lot. So what happens is that we collect all the the notebooks that they throw, and then because it's a spring notebook. We uh, untangle it, with, pull out the, the the spring, and then get the the pages with the uh, which are clean, and then put all together all these pages, and then sew it because there's already a hole because of the spring, right? Yeah. So we sew it and create a new notebook, and then repackage it. So it's a notebook exchange because right now why notebook exchange because we transform old notebooks, so it's a transformation. We transform old notebooks to a new and funky one. So we put designs. I, the the bad thing is that there, you don't have any videos, but I I have it here a sample of what they did. Very colorful, very summer look. Uh, a notebook that is from scrap uh, textiles, clothes. They they cut it. Uh, from their inspiration and then sew it and create a new cover for their notebook. And it's so nice. So the the idea is that we will sell this notebook. So it's a social enterprise. And that the, the uh, proceeds of that notebook will then be used for another project and also for their education. Because remember, they're grade school, right? They're grade four, five, six. They're very young and they're creating notebooks. And what they're doing is to create a trust fund so that after uh, their grade nine, so they will graduate at the age of 20, 19, 21, 
So after 12 years or uh, after think, so after four years, they can use the the money for their college. So they will not anymore, you know, rely on their parents and not be a victim of circumstances because they're already thinking of the future five years from now. So that's what they're doing. And uh, the good thing is that it's all scrapped and they're just transforming old notebooks to new ones. And it's for export. In fact, my our idea is to send it to Canada and US for bulk and and send it. So every time that you buy their notebook, so it's a journal notebook, then they'll just uh, you know all the proceeds will go to the project. So that's the second one. And the the good thing is that all the CEOs of this uh, projects are are students, are, are you know kids. So we are training them also to be to be leaders. Of, of tomorrow, and uh, the good thing is that because of the great project of recycling team, is that uh, one of the biggest company here who's doing uh, papers, notebooks, and posters. I went there three days ago, and uh, I went to his factory, and I told him our dream and what these kids are doing, just like what I told you. And he was so engaged, he was so enrolled. In fact, he asked me if he could. Uh, Ask his children, three of his children, to join Silidaralan and be part of this wonderful work. But they said, but they can only speak English and they cannot. I said, that's fine. Our kids will now learn English from an English speaking kids also. So it's a, it's a conversation. And I said, okay, now I'm in, enrolled, I'm engaged, so I'll give you papers for free and cardboard. All the scrap papers, because they will cut the papers to be a coffin band and to be a notebook. All the scrap papers are under quality. You can get it. And when I saw it three days ago, it's so huge, so many. I think we can do thousands of notebooks, and then we can send thousands of notebooks to different countries and tell the world of what we're doing. So now that so, leads yeah, and to... it, it is personalized. You cannot replicate another notebook because it's a personalized because they sew it, they created it. So if they will do another notebook, it's different already. Oh yeah, handmade, so, handmade and custom. Yeah, I'm sure handmade, we can get so. oh, hundred bucks for them here in Houston. They're gorgeous. So Seventy five bucks. It is, it is very limited. I'll send you the picture. I'll send you the picture in Facebook. I can. Yeah, and we'll we'll post them in the archive tonight of the show. So yeah. So there you have it, folks. That's the third group. <laughs> the recycling. That's the third. They're taking yeah, still, those notebooks, yeah. just like your kids throw away at the end of the school year. They're taking those, taking the metal. Spiral out of there, spring notebooks, mm-hmm. the spiral notebooks, uh, yeah, and then taking the clean pages, stacking those back together, putting a custom cover on it, and then sewing it down the little holes that the the uh, spiral used to be in. Yes. So you have a yes. handmade custom notebook out of what would have wound up being garbage. Yeah, uh, and, and 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 gone into some you know landfill. Some garbage mm-hmm. mountain, actually, even. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's group number three. Yeah, and uh, group number four is composting. So I met the group yesterday, and the group is uh, doing a homemade composting bin. So what is a homemade composting bin? All the scrap food will be thrown. It's uh, They created a container that looks like R2-D2. And... Uh, so every time that there's a scrap food, they just put it in that container, and then after that, put the sawdust 
and then mix it together so sawdust to eliminate the bad odor so they research on this and then after 90 days that all the uh, all the composts will become fertilizer and that fertilizer will be used by the school where they're studying for their garden and um, the garden will it's a vegetar uh, vegetation so they the 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 so they will sell the fertilizer to the school so so that they can you know create money and use the money to create another project and then using this the uh, fertilizer to the garden of the school they will plant vegetables and then once that uh, the vegetables is uh, uh, is full they will harvest it and then sell it to the canteen of the school and then again they will get income from that and then they will eat their own vegetable because it will be sold to the canteen fresh food and money yes. to fund more projects yes and then and, they can um, replicate and it will be fertilized with compost instead of a yes. chemical uh, chemical out of a bag somewhere and yeah. and, and i want to say people to for everyone to 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 notice this um, we talk about, you know, how is it that oil has a hold of us? How is it the petroleum industry has a hold of us so much? You know, even if we get away with our cars, they still seem to be, well, petroleum is used to make plastics so mm-hmm. that we then just throw away and they float around in the oceans or sit around in the landfills. They use petroleum to make fertilizer and pesticide. Um, it's it literally is the greasy little tendrils of the petroleum industry that are off into all these sub-industries that don't seem connected. And so you're solving one problem, but you're also solving another problem, which then is connected with another problem. These things are all connected, people. It's the yeah. reason why you can't say, okay, well, yeah, I love the environment, but I like my big car. It, yeah. And that's not a big deal because I'm planting some trees. Well, it it doesn't work like that. It's a... It's a huge interwoven system, this thing we call Earth. And um, changes in one area that are improvements generally make changes and improvements in another. Um, it is it, it's amazing, amazing work that you're doing. I, um, yeah. I see you standing right together with... Uh, We've talked a lot about uh, Bunker Roy in India with his Barefoot College. Uh, mm-hmm. He was trained in the best private schools in India, and he graduated and told his parents he wanted to go live in a village. Uh, you know, no electricity, no running water. No, it wasn't quite a garbage dump, but you know, he he's he's an older fella. He was he was just starting out. He didn't have all the wisdom that you've got, but. Um, his parents were the same. Like, what in the world are you talking about going off to a village? You've got the best <laughs> education. You can go to London. You can do it. No, no, no. I want to go to the village and see how they live in the village. And <laughs> and took that and turned it into what is now an internationally recognized program that trains grandmothers to be barefoot solar engineers. And they go home and they solar power. They, they build the grid in their whole village. And 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 have brought light and the ability to study at night and uh, it just and and you've done the same thing and then we've got these ten to fifteen year olds that are solving some global problems 
Well, that reminds me of our uh, dear friend John Hunter with his World Peace Game, mm-hmm. um, where um, yeah, he calls it uh, World Peace and Other Fourth Grade Accomplishments. Um, mm-hmm. Fourth graders solving world peace in the because, day. Yeah, he made <laughs> he made a game out of the world, and they had at their mm-hmm. disposal armies and diplomats, and, and uh, they solved world peace in a very short period of time. So he called it world peace and other fourth grade accomplishments. And 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 <laughs> I have said for a long time we'd probably be better off if we turned everything over to the students in school. And took it out of the hands of these people that think they know how to fix it because they And here's they don't. the thing: that's that's what RC said. You know, really, he all he's doing is is giving them the tools, and then he's taking a step back and letting them exactly opening the venue for them to express themselves. He said, at work. "Yeah, creating that space." Yeah, yeah, and what a wonderful you know responsibility is that oh, creating the space and, for and, others, and what a wonderful gift. When yeah. you watch them blossom, and uh, uh, you know, when you wonder why would this girl have a, it's not every day you meet a young girl that says she wants to be a maid when she grows up. Yeah. Let's not let's not mince terms with domestic help. You know, a maid, mm-hmm. a cleaning cleaning woman. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, now she's yeah. now she's graduated college and gone to work for Caterpillar. And yes, and sent three of her siblings to school. And right now, all of her siblings graduated from college. So, the, so there you go. One into there you go. It works. Yeah, it does. You know, it's all, um, what and else I think do you that's, want, people? I think that's what people that people need to see and they need to hear. Um, I Not normally I'd go into great the idea, but it works. <laughs> Real results, people. <laughs> you know, the, what's this got to do with me? It well. This one girl, or she helped her pull herself. He didn't do it. He just made space and made direction and, you know, look, you can do it. Yeah. And she lifted herself from poverty and has now sent three siblings to college. So now that's four in the family that have college degrees and can yes. get better paying jobs. And that family is coming out of poverty. They're rising up. Okay. And so... Yeah. You you know what you you say what can I do? How, how old are you, RC? I'm thirty. You're thirty. Okay, so yes. you you, um, you started this when? I started at the age of seventeen. Okay, seventeen. Get down to school. You know, took three years to <laughs> live off there, so we'll call it twenty to thirty. In a decade, in a decade, yeah. people, this young man has reached out and directly changed people's lives who were in turn, reaching out and directly changing other people's lives and solving drinking water problems. Everybody seems to have things, well, we don't have clean drinking water. We, we must do something about that. Ah, uh, That's okay. Get a grade five to build you a filter. Yeah, yeah. Quit, quit hiring these engineers. It's what I said about the Changemakers movie. I don't want to hear about a computerized solar installation they're going to put off in the middle of Africa because it's going to break and nobody there can fix it. But this, yeah. people can do, people can fix. He's empowering yeah. people. He's empowering people to be the leaders that we need. Um, I, I No offense to the people that have been in politics for 30 years, but you're out of touch, you're out of date, and you need to go home, retire. We'll handle it, okay? Get mm-hmm. Get your nose out of it. 
the the kids know. They know. How do you know they what? know? They just Rick, know. It, it's not even so much about telling the politicians to get their nose out of it. It's it's about telling the people, common people, to get their noses into it. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the issue, is that people need to understand how powerful they really are, how much they really mm-hmm. have to give to this world. And you don't have to be a freaking rocket science. You don't have to be an engineer. You don't have to have gone yeah. to school for 10 years. All yeah. you have to do is care. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, let me. Yeah. Let me add to that because um, um, I was really moved yesterday, and uh, in fact, before that, because um, well, four years ago when we started City Land, there was this young boy named. Uh, his name is Jolo, and I can send also his picture to you. But the thing is, uh, before uh, when he came to City Land, because what we are catering here in City Land are kids who are uh, slow performers who can read. Who can't, uh, who have, or who are having difficulty in their studies. So, because we also want to change the paradigm of scholarship, that scholarship is not just for the brightest students, as they say, but also for all the students. So, I uh, we chose those kind of students. So we chose the bottom, the bottoms, and one of those kids was uh, Jolo. And uh, Jolo, his his uh, grade before was really, uh, uh, it's a failing grade, and then. Um, we taught him. At first, he was so afraid, and he has he's this paradigm about mathematics, science, English, and he said, I cannot study it because it's so difficult. But we just guided him. We just guided him. His facilitator, his mentor guided him. And then uh, he, we, told him, we told him that, um, you know, uh, practice makes perfect. We, uh, we told him that, um, you know, there, uh, that, it's fun to commit mistakes, and there's no mistake. It's all it's all learning, and all those things. So after a year, he's from 77. 77 is nearly a failing grade. After a year, on the fourth quarter of his class, it became 87, <coughs> and then after a year, it became 92, <coughs> and so on. And right now, after four years, he's in grade seven. And uh, last week or two weeks ago, he. Uh, I asked him what's his dream, and uh, he said his dream is to become an accountant and also to become a teacher. And I, I asked him, do you really want to become a teacher? <laughs> because I'm also an educator. And he said, yes, I, I am. Then. So, and then after that, he said he wants to volunteer to teach the kids. And I asked him if he's really willing to teach the kids, and he said he really wants to teach the kids. So. Last week, we had some coaching, mentoring uh, thing. We shared ideas and our, our passion. I asked him about his passion. Up until said he really wants to teach the kids. And so we agreed to, I gave him a schedule every Friday, so uh, every Thursday. So yesterday, I visited him, and he was teaching kids, grade uh, grade two, grade three, who who can't read, uh, who can't read and have have difficulty in the basic operations of mathematics. And uh, yesterday, me and another volunteer here, we debriefed and asked him why he's doing it. And he said, because, um, well, the thing is he, oh, yesterday or the other day, but he said that he remembers, he's doing it because he remembers when, four years ago, when he was the one being taught. And he said that this time he wants to give back to the community. He, He wants to 
also others to also experience what he has experiencing. So that isn't that amazing, really, to to hear that from 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 uh, from pure, uh, very naive-looking person, uh, a child who's just who just want and passionate, driven by you know by his desire to to give back, and it's really very moving. I, yesterday I was really looking at him, uh, really uh, because we're guiding him, shadowing, and I was. Really, I was amazed uh, on his first day that he really prepared and he taught math very well, and uh, the kids were very engaged with him. And I was really, yeah, I was really in awe because this grade nine, uh, grade two, grade three students, that's also the time when Jolo, that boy, came to Silid Aralan. Yeah, and yeah, next amazing. week we'll be going, yeah, and next week we'll be going to mountains already <laughs> because we will. <laughs> Uh, have a storytelling, and uh, Jolo will do the storytelling on the mountain with the with the kids from 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 far far mountain. So we will travel uh, five to six hours from here, Manila, to reach that. And then on the road, we'll walk going up to the mountain for forty five minutes to one hour. So we have to make it. Uh, we have to arrive there in the morning so that there is still sunlight because we cannot go there in the evening because it's too dark, you know, walking in the mountain. But that's the thing. And uh, I asked him, uh, "How do you feel?" And he said, "He's so excited. He's so excited to, you know, to go there, teach the kids, and uh, yeah, so moving. Very moving. And uh, uh, your entire existence. Is I would like. I would like everyone <laughs> to notice that." All you have to do is empower these kids instead of telling them, oh, yes, but that's impossible, or, oh, there's experts for that. Just <laughs> let them know. Because, look, we've had experts for decades and decades and decades, and they're not getting it done, okay? It's, it's, it's like in the U.S., they're talking about another mortgage bailout. We've had four of them since 2008. Why the hell would you think the next one's going to work? Do something different, would you? And and that's what R.C. has done, has done something different. He didn't go to sociology studies and then go try to put that on people. He went there and lived with them and saw what they were up to and what they were up against and empowered them to change it themselves. And that's the key. That's that's That has always been and will always be the key is it to is. let people know that they can do it. It has themselves. been the key since time immemorial, people. Mm-hmm. You send in an expert who can fix things, that's great. They're now dependent on the expert. They yeah. were they had nothing or they were dependent on on charity. Now they're dependent mm-hmm. on the expert. The expert's dependent on his corporation and the corporation's depending on their funding. Oh Please, it's a never-ending chain. Who's who's responsible here? Who's in charge here? Who's really leading this thing? Nobody. It's going yeah. off the rails. It's we're going in the ditch, people. We're in the ditch. Ah. Back out as you teach everybody to drive and to love driving. Mm-hmm. Teach them to be leaders of their own lives, and the rest yeah. takes care of itself. It really yeah, does. and yeah, and teach teach all kids to be responsible and be accountable. You know, responsible for their own future because. They are the only ones who can, you know, who can choose what future they really want to have, and there's nothing wrong with that. Precisely. Um, 
It's the answer. I, That's why I'm bold yeah, enough to call the movie Changemakers the revolution, the revolution solution. Is not because yeah. the movie is, not because I am or Gene, Nikki Jean is, but because the Changemakers are, because the R.C. Mallory's of the world are. That's the solution, is empowering each other. Yeah. So, uh, we are. We're getting close to our scheduled time. Um, mm-hmm. It, uh, I could go on talking. You could talk to him all night, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and every time we have much of anything to say, he he has something to add to that that just makes us look flat. So, absolutely brilliant. Now, listen, a couple things. Um, For people that that um, want to find you, RC, how can they how can they do that? Well, they can email me to RC Maliari. How can I do that? So it's RC Maliari. It's A R C I E Maliari. It's M A L L A R I at silidaralan.org. So at sign S I L I D A R A L A N dot org. So how can they support your work? Uh, well, they can support my work first. Um, if you can in in the states in United States or in Canada, if you can create um, a group uh, like Eustology, wants just even a small group who wants to have a conversation with us, we're very willing to have a conversation. That's first we want to create relationship among children and uh, really make this world flat for them. And uh, also, so that's first. Uh, friend raising, we call it friend raising, and then also um, you can also buy our products, the kids' products. In the future, we'll be sending this to Montreal. Maybe I can send it to Jean, to Nikki, and uh, yeah, and, and uh, Houston. Can, yeah, we'll and Houston. Uh, yeah, and Houston. We'll keep everybody uh, updated on that through our website, and uh, we will have you back uh, again and again, and uh, uh, we'll come this summer to. Uh, Take some motion pictures and uh, uh, to include in our film so that we can help get the story around. And then, what do you say, uh, Nikki, while we're in post-production, we'll make them a a one-minute and a yeah. five-minute uh, video oh, promo, that, can, that, um, absolutely. that we'll send um, to oh, him yeah. for your use. Uh, also, there's there's the book that we've already um, published online. Yeah. It's an e-book, and uh, half the proceeds go to RC's organization so you can also find that on amazon um thank you and uh if uh in my third novel crashing back to earth which you can get online for 99 cents rc's story is in the back of that as well as his contact information so i mean we're we're just going to keep promoting him all over the place (laughs) yeah and also if you want another jolo or another romanic nick or another person to be on top and you know to for her or for him to be be a leader of this of this world, then you can also support us by sponsoring a child for uh, two hundred dollars in a year. So that's everything that Jolo needs for a year. About eight, Jesus. about eighteen bucks a uh, a month, people. That's, that's a pretty yeah. decent. It's a couple it's of three lattes off your list. Change a life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Abstain from drinking latte. Yeah, you're having a latte. If you're having a latte once a week. Drop the latte and get you a plain old coffee at the gas station and the latte send the rest. Down. And you will well, you'll you can you can drink that latte and worry about whether you're gaining weight or you can send uh 
Not even that much money. Not it, it's not even that much. You know, yeah. five dollar five dollars a week is more than it takes to change this young these young people's lives. And look at yeah. what they're doing for the world yeah. and for each other. Yeah. Uh, Rick, it's the answer. Let, let me yeah, let yeah. me also share this. Um, because my dream this year, 2012, is to send another 200 students, 200 students to, to school and be like Jolo or be like Romanik Nick and be empowered and uh, for them to unleash their potentials. So uh, I invite all people to support us by well, adopting a child by $200 per, per child. And I'm targeting, if you are on board and you know want to uh, be on my game, and my game is to look for you who can get two hundred dollars and we i need we need two uh two hundred of you no so yeah we're gonna so talk, we're gonna talk after the show and uh see if mm-hmm. we can't um um you know I know the barefoot college for example over there in india they have formed an an American lady has formed an organization in New York called the Friends of Telonia, and they sell these ladies' products and they send the money back to further the oh, projects. Fantastic! Yeah. And and wow. so we'll we'll you know they're doing their oh. thing. We'll talk about how everyday connection productions expanding. Yeah. Friends into book of sales? <laughs> Friends of Sildar Alan, uh, mm-hmm. and um, um, so that people up here can. Uh, know where to know about it and know where to uh, send the money. And we in the meantime, crowdfunding. Guy we'll up. Do that. Yeah, please people. Go look him up. Go look on these websites, send him an email, look for him on Facebook, find him and help him out because you know, if you take whatever you're given to the United Way or one of these humongous charities and God bless them. They have people in the field that are doing hard work. Mhm. And, and 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 bless them for the work that they're doing. But to make the kind of difference this man can make with $200, you'd have to give them probably 20000 And I just got to throw in a personal so. note there. Um, yeah, maybe I'm biased, but this is a man who I sat down with last year, and he had gotten his computer stolen. And rather than take some of the money that he had, because he, you know, <laughs> yeah, rather you than know take it. the money he had and buy a new computer, he waited for the universe and the spirit to bring him the computer he needed because his money goes to his organization and his kids. Yeah. See, and, and I, what happened is that and you got I one, got right? my new laptop. And you got the latest one. The latest laptop. <laughs> so uh, on that, yeah. And yeah, we have I we have it. one of our one of our listeners that uh has done all those things. She has posted and checked and and looked for you on Facebook and she also has an idea for her son's school class to possibly raise money and 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 send two hundred dollars, so uh, we'll hook and you up with our friend Anne because that's how Australia. that's how this works. That's how this works, people. And we love you. Let Thank your you. kids let your kids sell lemonade. Let them do something at school. Make this make this about the kids for the kids of the kids because yeah. it's their world. We're just borrowing it from them till they get ready to take over and uh everybody better look out cuz they're going to take over and things are going to be different in a very good way. Yay. So, yeah. uh, hey. so bless your heart RC. Thank you so much. Um, been thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. And uh, yeah. we'll have you on again and like I said we'll t- you and I'll talk after the show see if we can't get a uh, 501c3 set up so that you can get some money coming from the states in a meaningful way. So thank you. And uh, 
We normally would play your reading. I guess we'll leave that out. We'll go straight to the closing. Is that okay, Jean? Yeah, it's okay. We're we're short um, time tonight, so we'll just go straight to the closing, and we'll uh, we'll put a link up to the book tonight instead of one of my regular books on the website because that one's supporting RC's work anyway. So right. And, if you're gonna uh, buy anything, you might as well buy the charity one. <laughs> have a wonderful weekend, and uh, come join us again on Tuesday when Anne Alexson will be with us from Australia, uh, Australia's own voice channel, Channel Seth. Uh, and does some wonderful work. And then next Thursday we have NOV with some angelic melody. NOV? Melody? Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Listen, everybody. Have a wonderful evening and a fantastic weekend. And stay connected. Night, everybody. Good night. Good morning. <laughs> Join Rick and Jean again next time. Until then visit their website at everydayconnection.me and be sure to like their Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection. Worried you might miss an episode? Don't worry. Subscribe. Find us on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.